Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Pool Cleaner Hour. I am your host, Tinkerbuff, with you as always. I'm going to tell you some tales of various things and various stuff as you lounge in your mind's pool to heat up or cool down. Either way, it's your choice. It's your pool. I'm just here to make it cozy. Today, we're going to be talking about the tragedy of Lake Neos, which if you haven't heard, you're in for quite a uh, startling new apocalyptic scenario to add to any of your restless nights. On the night of August 21st, 1986, an eruption of carbon dioxide would be unleashed from the belly of Lake Neos, and the gas would consume all of the villages around it. Lake Neos sits high in a volcanic path within the country of Cameroon in Africa. Here there is a line of volcanoes that stretch all the way into the Gulf of Guinea. The chain acts as a natural boundary between Nigeria and Cameroon. The lake itself fills what is geologically referred to as a mar, which is a circular crater formed when groundwater meets magma and then explodes. The hole from the eruption eventually fills with water, forming this now crater lake. Geologists believe the Neos Mar formed about 400 years ago, though the area has been volcanically active since the South American and African tectonic plates split around 110 million years ago. Despite the inherent dangers of living so close to active volcanoes and dangerous lakes, roughly 10,000 people populate the area. This is because the soil on and around any old volcano is rich and fertile. The farming grounds are so perfect that it just overshadows any risks. Nothing was noticeably off about the lake this night. Everyone was turning home from the workday or already relaxing for the night. The lake at this time was gorgeous with bright blue hues and fresh drinking water. And it was surrounded by a paradise of life, livelihoods, and farms. It was around 9.30 p.m. that a few people heard rumbling from the lake. Ephraim Shea, a farmer with four children, heard the rumbling. This was followed by a strange white mist that rose from the lake. He told his children that it looked like it was going to rain, and he went to bed because he started to feel ill. Halima Suli, a cowherd, and her four children had retired for the night. She had also heard the rumbling, and then would describe it as a shouting of many voices. It was then that suddenly, a 300-foot jet stream of water went straight towards the sky. A cloud of gas followed the stream, which rose above the lake and over the villages below, before descending over the hilltops and blanketing the population. The gas was thicker than any fog, and it traveled anywhere between 12 and 31 miles per hour. There simply was no way to escape it. It swept past the huts like the last plague of Egypt, steaming carbon dioxide, displacing the air in seconds, and suffocating almost everyone it came into contact with. The overwhelming majority died within just a couple of seconds, unaware of what was even happening, a blink of a moment between life and nothingness. This rare natural phenomenon is known as a limnic eruption, or a lake overturn, which is exactly what it sounds like. When a lake has too much gas in its belly, it overturns and releases it. Sometimes this causes tsunamis. Sometimes this causes mass asphyxiation. Ephraim woke the next day and traveled towards the lake. He and his family were far enough away to have escaped the gas's deadly hits. 
but when he reached a waterfall that came from the lake, he was shocked to see that it was completely dry. And this made him suddenly realize that everything around him was completely, horrifyingly, silent. No morning birds, no churring of insects, absolutely nothing. A stomach-churning void of sound. He found himself so frightened by this that his knees were shaking. He ran to the lake when he heard blood-curdling screaming. It was Halima Suli, who, in a frenzy of manic terror, had torn off her clothing. Ephraim, she cried, come here, why are these people lying here? Why won't they move again? Before her were the bodies of her own children, and 31 other members of her family, and their 400 cattle. Suli kept trying to shake her lifeless father awake. On that day, there were no flies even on the dead, she explained, for the flies were dead too. Animals and people alike were strewn through the roads and homes, some clearly dying in the middle of making a run for it. He ran to the nearest village only to find dead bodies in every single home. In an unfathomably confused panic, Ephraim ran back to another village to call for help, which there he found more dead. Up to 15 miles away, people were taken by the gas. Many of the victims were found in the exact spot one would expect to find them any other night. There were bodies laying near cooking fires, in doorways, a large amount in their bed. Some people who had laid unconscious for more than a day finally awoke. However, many saw that their family members had died and in an uncontrollable grief committed suicide. For many saw this and they thought it was the end of the world, and their brains simply broke from the unexplainable and overwhelming horrors around them. After two days had passed, the gas had gone, and people were able to go back and study the lake. The once picturesque lake, often referred to as simply the Good Lake, for its clean drinking water and gorgeous colors, was now shallow, filled with dead plants, and the color had turned to a rust. Rescue workers noted the deafening silence, the constant choir of insects and life in what was normally such a lush and vibrant location in Africa was completely quiet and it would take several days before any noise would return. It was first insects and then vultures looting the corpses that had not yet been collected. Lake Neos is considered a crater lake and like many crater lakes, Neos is very deep. With a depth of 682 feet, that's just over two football fields below the surface. This gives it a pressure of 20 times harder than that up top. So here's a, just a quick little bit of science. Water can hold down a liter of carbon dioxide per liter of liquid at normal atmospheric pressure. At the bottom of Neos, a single liter of water can hold down 20 liters of carbon dioxide. So that like has the potential to be an insane amount of deadly gas being built up. As for why this lake was burping the deadly gas, scientists were up for debate. One team believed it was a volcanic eruption, which released CO2 and blew up. Another side was certain that the CO2 had been gradually leaking into the lake. Tests of the water would reveal that the lake had unusually high levels of carbon dioxide. In fact, these levels were so high that when scientists tried to pull the water samples to the surface, pressure from the gas caused the containers to burst. So why was this crater so gas-filled? Well, although it's long been since considered dormant, there is still some volcanic activity that exists beneath the deep lake floor of Lake Neos, resulting in a formation of carbon dioxide. The gas seeps up through the cracks and fissures in the rock, ultimately bubbling up through the lake floor, but being held there by the lake's depth of pressure. There's a rich amount of lore mythology in the Cameroon. 
Lake Neos area that would actually suggest that people around the lake felt it harbored destruction. In fact, Cameroonian myths even have a special category for lakes, which are said to be the homes of ancestors, spirits, and sometimes the source of death. During an interview documented in the Smithsonian, Ephraim Shea told a story he had learned from his grandfather. It was said that a group of villagers decided to cross Lake Neos. In doing this, one man parted the waters, like the parting of the Red Sea. However, a mosquito bit the man on his testicles. When he swatted the insect, he lost his grip on the waters, and every villager drowned. Shea pointed towards the lake and said, They're between those two rocks. You hear them talking sometimes, but you cannot see them. So what did make this lake suddenly burst and release its compressed bomb at its depths? The most common and accepted theory is that it was a rock slide, be it sending rocks into the lakes or rock sliding at the bottom caused by a rift in the pressure, allowing bubbles to carry the gas upwards through the depth. This allowed an opening and, like a burp, an unstoppable force of expelling gases. A large amount of rock sliding shakes the water like a massive bottle of carbonated soda. So that's terrifying. You know, what do we do with this cursed knowledge of lakes turning into time bombs? The solution for stopping a repeat of this tragedy is surprisingly low-tech. After ample time of research and scientists fathering from quite literally all around the globe, they determined the best solution was essentially just a long pipe leading from the bottom to the surface to keep the carbon dioxide from building up. So in theory, this pipe would carry the pressurized water from the depths and shoot it into the air like a natural geyser. Unfortunately, this would be considerably expensive, and Cameroon is a very poor country. The Cameroon government said it could not afford the $2 million to $3 million for the permanent degassing installations. In 1999, the U.S. Office of Foreign Disaster Assistance came up with a $433,000 plan to install a permanent and efficient pipe for Lake Neos. Then, in January of 2001, the team of researchers got themselves a raft and a really big pipe, a 5.7-inch diameter pipe that reached 666 feet down. The Cameroon military provided the emergency oxygen tanks for all the workers in case of an emergency, which is nice. Then, after everyone retreated to distant high ground, the team pushed a button to activate the pipe, which started it up. Within seconds, a 148-foot spray shot from the lake at 100 miles an hour. The degassing had officially begun. Kinda. Every year, <clears throat> 5,500 tons of carbon dioxide has been measured to be rolling into the lake. So unfortunately, one pipe, no matter how hard it works, isn't going to keep up with it. The team estimated that this one pipe might make the lake feel safe if it runs non-stop for 30 years. Five or six more pipes might do it in five years, but the funding for one pipe was a huge uphill battle, so the funding for five more was considered damn near impossible. Research continued, however, and in 2011, two more pipes were able to be planted. The lake is now considered to be doing pretty good, but there are solar-powered monitors set up, and if a carbon dioxide leak occurs, then an alarm rings out with large signs flashing a skull and crossbones, which is universally nightmarish, but effective. Here's the thing, though. Lake Neos isn't alone. It's estimated that there are 44 more lakes just like it in Cameroon alone. This includes Lake Monown, which had a similar eruption in 1984 and took the lives of 37 people. This happened August 15th, 
which is an eerily close date to Lake Neos' August 21st. And this was around 11.30 p.m., so it was also at night. CO2 shot out of the lake and sunk into the valley near a road. As people from the nearby village walked down the road and on their way to work before dawn, they entered the cloud thinking it was just a fog, and they immediately collapsed. By 10.30 a.m., wind had swept the gas away, leaving only bodies behind. A doctor and a police officer arrived on the scene to find all 37 people dead in a short stretch of road. This included a man slumped over his motorcycle, a morning commute of people stopping mid-step, and dying without a second to realize it. Lake Modown, since this disaster, has been properly degassed. It is now considered safe. And while Lake Neos is getting all of its shit together, the same cannot be said about the global game changer and possibly apocalyptic Lake Kivu. This is a lake that is 1,700 times larger than Lake Neos. So, as we've learned, CO2, it's bad. It's especially bad when it gets stored under a lake for a long time. Kivu has an estimated 2.6 gigatons of CO2, which is, what is that, right? <laughs> uh, so that's equal to about 5% of the global annual greenhouse gas ambition and that's at the bottom of this lake 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 kivu is massive and around two million people live along its shores if it were to have an incident similar to neos experts have stated that would it would be without a doubt one of the worst natural disasters in recorded human history and studying this lake is far more difficult because part of it lies within the Democratic Republic of the Congo, which is in a constant state of acted, active armed conflicts. And even if it means saving millions of people, humans just can't stop killing each other to figure out the bigger picture. Right now, the lake is currently stable, but a strong earthquake or a volcanic eruption could potentially trigger a gas release. A volcano next to the lake did just happen in 2021, and scientists watched a little wide-eyed before breathing a sigh of relief. But some researchers are worried that a disaster might be brought on by human activity too. Methane is already being pumped from the lake's depths, and it's being burned to create much-needed electricity, which basically everyone has said to be a sensible use of local natural resources. And this helps degas the lake a little bit. What becomes worrisome, however, is the now public knowledge that the methane in Lake Kivu could be worth up to 42 billion US dollars. That's a lot of cash. And the world has a lot of cash-strapped people. The degassing process needs to be performed in a precise way so as not to suddenly create an apocalyptic imbalance. Even the methods that researchers have approved of for degassing are considered very new and are still under constant observation. It's pretty close to a, hey, slip up and we all die kind of scenario. And people jumping to this potential gold mine of gas have gone up to fivefold the amount that started at the beginning. So there is a lot of people poking this bear. Another concern is that a drought could occur. So as we discussed with Lake Neos, the pressure of water keeps the gas down below. If you lose that water weight to drought, then the gas overtakes that balance and the lake would then feel the need to flip over and do the lake overturn as the water makes its way down and would release its gas to do so. But as of right now, Lake Kivu is seen as a pretty stable area. 
So it's nothing that uh, any researcher is necessarily sounding the alarm on just yet. And it's not like they can just make two million people leave. Uh, and even if they told them they would need to, they're all going to stay because that's their livelihood. Um, but yeah, so that's just something to keep in the back of your mind when you're laying in bed trying to uh, go to sleep. Because um, as we stated, there are 44 of these lakes. And uh, as the world and all of its climate change happens, there's going to be a lot of droughts, a lot of volcano activity as we've seen, and just a lot of crazy stuff happen. So you might as well just throw some explosive death lakes in the midst. So that's all I have for you this Monday. I hope you have a wonderful commute or a wonderful time napping to this if you have fallen asleep already. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at Tinkerbuff underscore or uh, on Letterboxd where I do a bunch of movie reviews because that is all I do. All right. Have a good rest of your week.